Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. My name is Jackie Lewis, and today I have the pleasure of Debbie Wolfschläger's company. Debbie, welcome. How are you? Thank you very much. Very good. Thanks for having me today. I'm pleased to have you here. I'm going to go just in a little bit into your introduction so we know your background and uh, why I have you on the show, because I think that's always a good start, and I've jumped the gun once again. So welcome to Debbie, who's a trained teacher from Switzerland, moved to Australia in 2005 built a business as a professional organizer which I need to talk to you about (laughs) studied and qualified as a master level in transformational and behavioral life coaching over three years also trained in NLP or neuro-linguistic programming is a certified family counselor and has specialized in bariatric counseling through the American Association of Bariatric Counselors and now has her own business called Bariatric bariatric consultancy and is also a bariatric patient. So I think we'll find that there's an interweaving of Debbie's story as well as her specialty. So that's why I think you're, you know, it'd be great to explore firstly your understanding of the world as well as what's led you into being head of the bariatric consultancy. So very warm welcome to you. Thanks for your time. Thank you too. Thanks so much. So let's get started. Tell me a little bit about your own story and why you're in bariatric business today. Yeah, well, actually, there is a reason why I brought that organizing business in. You will see in my story. Ah. Um, but <laughs> my story really starts way, way, way back before um, I actually was even born because I was meant to be aborted. And then my mom decided to, my birth mom decided to give me up for adoption. And that was all good. And I'm very thankful for that. So I never knew really my history of my family, my gene genetic history. That was then quite interesting when I um, finally was able to meet my family in my beginning of my 30s. And all along the way, I suffered with overweight. I was always the chubbier one. I just couldn't get it under control. And I was also very bullied, especially in my teenage years, um, as maybe many of us were. And just, yeah. It was a hard, hard time. And the addressing of my um, adoptive parents, very loving and caring, but it was all sorted on restricting food, more exercise, you should not, you are not allowed, you can't, you you know, all the forbidden things, which then triggered me to even do it more so, to take Mm -hmm. control over my own eating, which I know now it was, taking over control of this strict upbringing. And then when I finally met some of my first family, yeah, I open my eyes and it is a big big topic in this family overweight pretty much everyone is severely obese which then for me (sighs) made me breathe Mm. a little bit more it didn't really solve the problem but it made it clear okay it's not all on my side it's not all my fault there are genetics in play that I just can't change and that was really interesting and then um and having four children myself didn't really help with not gaining more weight between all these pregnancies, unfortunately. (laughs) Yes. And then we came to Australia in 2005 and to, well, actually I had a band put in, I think 2000 
in Switzerland. That was one of the almost first ones in Switzerland that had a band. And as many of us encounter, it's just not working properly. I didn't lose much weight, gained it all back and mm-hmm. then had it out, out of complications and had then a gastric sleeve done in 2014 and since have lost um, around 50 kilos. And um, thank you. Very happy where I am. Still not on this so-called cold weight, but I actually tend to steer away from that because it's yes. not about a number. It's more so about really how do you feel? Are you healthy? Are you still on medications that could be reduced by losing more weight? All these these aspects. Where I am today as a bariatric counselor, that's where my organizing business comes in. I um, went into people's homes during that time and decluttered all of the stuff, I call it, <laughs> that was accumulating in the home. And what happened though, the first thing when I stepped into those people's homes was I heard this big, big emotional story about the history of why they are here, where they are right now, why all the clutter accumulated, why all this is what it is and they can't solve it. And that really made me think, wow, it's so true. Taking that even on on our life journey in weight loss, whatever we store emotionally, um, mentally, Mm. it clutters up in within us and we try to surface solution we try to declutter we throw things out but a week later the house or two weeks later I go back and the kitchen looked the same mess again and I'm saying that without judgment that is just fact why because people have not addressed the underlying issues Mm. the hurt the pain the feelings that come to store things and I really really feel that's exactly the same with our weight I say these days the fat we accumulate on our body is our security blanket it's our safe space we we hide even though no one would consciously know this or say this but we know that this is our safe spot and as long we don't address the underlying issues it is very very hard to lose weight and Mm. weight loss for me is not a willpower thing it is a mindset thing totally agree and all the willpower in the world i mean i think if it was willpower we'd all be skinny fit little things wouldn't we because we'd just will it And will it that's keep good, on yes. happening and <laughs> and you can have a look at society and say well that's not it so yeah I think you've hit the nail on the head with looking at and this is also a vein I run through a lot of my podcasts because I really think this is where it's at is getting underneath and, and introspecting enough to look at where this you know safety is required yeah. and how to heal that part that it's not often just one part it's that's why we call it a journey so you specialize with working with people after they've had their surgery so tell me a bit more about that why is that working well for you Mm -hmm. yeah I have really found that there is really a gap in the whole support system after surgery we we tend to be able to research a lot before about the surgery about complications and benefits and that's all very necessary and good and then we are hyped up for this surgery and often we forget that the surgery is only just one tool in the big picture It's not magically solving all our other problems. Mm. And for example, if we are an emotional eater or boredom eater or eat when we are anxious and put then food in our body to soothe our emotions and feelings for a short time, well, that is not just going away because of the 
surgery. And that's where I feel and really see the benefit of the work I do is supporting people on the long-term journey. Yeah, I call it like the honeymoon phase is over at some point, some six months, 10 months, 15 months down the track. And what then when all those old habits come back in? And that's where the mindset is, you know, mm, best, best addressed and changed and worked The research on. is even showing that now that it's that two-year mark where generally carbs have come back in, habits are starting to reform. Yeah. Hunger is driving it because in the first kind of 12 to 18 months, you can, not always, but generally hunger is addressed by the surgery, that's but it's right. not forever. So it's, yeah. you know, as you can set up as many meal plans and portion sizes as you like, but if you've still got that underlying drive for the safety or the comfort or the stress or the you know whatever it is reward that's certainly going to return and sometimes it's um it's pretty fierce as well isn't it if it's not dealt with and as I shared my story and I believe many of us have situations that go way back into childhood that could be a big trauma event but it can be also little subtle things like words that we constantly have heard you know you're not good enough you cannot achieve that you will be always the fat girl or you're just a bit chubbier than others these are sentences that actually really stick deep in our subconscious mind Mm. and can hold us back and block us from achieving and building our dream life and, and purposeful lifestyle all the way up to being 40 50 years old and that's very sad that it is the fact and that we have to hear those things and have to deal with them now in our adult life. Mm, that's so true. And I think it's those early formative years where our bodies or our brains are just absorbing what people are saying and we're not yep. challenging it. We just, <clears throat> the brain just lets those thoughts and those sentences fall in and stay there and they become our narrator. So often when I'm hearing people who have got this narration in their head, I'll ask them to think about, you know, what's being said, what's the inner dialogue and whose voice is that like who said that because a lot of people own it as their own narration absolutely yeah however you need to listen to who said that and then you can work back from there I think to okay so they said that were they talking to me even so because as a child we make everything about it's just the ego state isn't it yeah we make everything about us so we drink those sentences in like they are about us and they might be just you've overheard the tail end of a conversation that wasn't even about you but it now is running in your life so it's always good to have a think about you know when you're stressed or when you're eating or when you're you know anxious or upset it's like what am I saying to myself and whose words are those because it gives you the power to then have a look at it from a more objective perspective and make a decision on whether that serves you or not anymore it sounds very simple (laughs) oh yeah if it sometimes it's not that simple (laughs) no and it's really going deep into and look when I work with my client uh, we, we often start so what do you eat what's your food problems and we literally stay there for about 10 minutes and then we immediately get into the deeper level of talking about your self-worth your beliefs what do you believe about yourself Mm. what do you tell yourself on a daily basis do you tell yourself I can't I'm not good enough I'm not lovable Uh, and if you keep telling yourself those thoughts that inner Mm. self-critic chatter that's there 
well, it's even harder to create change. And really, again, I come back to the food. It's it's what the diet industry does. They yes. surface solution with food and with restriction and this and calories and weighing and you can't and you shouldn't. More exercise, do more of this. Yes, it's a part of it. I strongly believe the real work to change our bodies on the outside starts in the inside. Mm, because all the exercise and um, portion sizes in the world, yes, they are a part of it. But unless you've got this um, saboteur out of the way, you're never going to be able to roll that out on a consistent basis that it's going to stick and then be fruitful for you. So you're right. It's um, looking at it from, I always talk about the surgery as being kind of one component of about 100 different things that lead you to that morbidly obese state so it's peeling back those we always talk about things being like the layers of an onion and just having a look and it's a continual process I don't think we ever get to the point where we're done um no. just when you think you're done <laughs> <laughs> it's that mindset it's you're the, not. yeah it's that mindset of of continuous development continuous creating a, a I, I call it a purposeful lifestyle in, in my work I talk about purposeful eating but I would like to expand that to purposeful lifestyle what does that include you know mm. talking exercise for many of us we just don't like doing it we can't doing it because we have joint problems or any other health issues but then we can move what does that mean for example i say this moving going for a 15 minute walk to just mm. be doing your whole housework in a bit more active way all that is movement that yeah. actually helps on the journey for example so Correct. that purposeful lifestyle includes so many facets yes and we have the, the power to create it definitely and so tell me just a little bit about that as far as you've been you know you've obviously been through the journey you had your surgery quite a few years ago now how did it roll out for you in this way like what were the the um certain I guess um, larger stones you had to turn over to mm -hmm. um, get to the place that you've landed um, mm -hmm. at this point where you can share this with everybody else as well well first of all the surgery took one part away of the overeating of the snacking I still my downfall is chocolate coming from <laughs> Switzerland I guess, I, guess. <laughs> I have a bit of an excuse there no I don't um, it's a cultural benefit <laughs> <laughs> but it's a conscious decision and that was the work I did through all of my studies and obviously working on myself with a coach when I get up in the morning okay what do I want to achieve today and maybe it sounds cliche but it's really true what, sitting for a minute what's my goals what's my tasks today how do I want to live my day mm. and that then leads me already in a positive mindset of okay this 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 needs to be done and I choose to be positive I choose to focus on myself at some point I choose to, to focus on my eating in a way of, okay, what is building on that purposeful lifestyle? And this doesn't work every day. <laughs> okay. It's not like the ultimate bulletproof thing, but if we never even start changing yeah. those thoughts and if we ever, never, ever start um, to believe in ourselves and to believe that we actually can do it and to believe that we have a choice in changing things around, which for me includes letting go, working through the past hurts and even sentences or things that were put on ourselves or we put on ourselves by saying all that negative stuff we will never get that one step further um but really look i'm not the exercising girl so for me is a daily walk a daily yeah. 
I changed. That's why I brought it up. I really do my housework as a full workout. Yeah. When I when I bend down, I purposely go with energy down just to burn that one, two more calories. Yeah, and little things like that. That's a great that. place to start is that incidental. It doesn't, I don't think we have to link exercise with going to the gym and lifting weights. And I think that's kind of our, that's what we see is if you're going to exercise, here's what you do is go to the high intensity hit classes and that sort of stuff. And we don't realize that doing you know, a class at the gym or doing some exercise is a great thing to do, but it's the incidental part of the day and the activity that um, we do by the by that actually is what adds up to more energy being burnt and, um, you know, kind of a lifestyle result as well. Um, And they're looking at that even from a kind of um, nervous system perspective is that incidentally, if we're doing that, you know, 10,000 steps a day, the health benefits are huge based on uh, regulation of the nervous system and that sort of thing. So it doesn't have to be the bouts of exercise that we figure it is. It's just finding movement that we enjoy or bringing life to the movement that we already have to do. And that's where the changes are, is at work, maybe not getting in the lift and taking the stairs. And it's a tiny little things. It doesn't feel like much of the time. But when you stack that all up, get off the bus one stop earlier or walk to work or whatever. um, But those are the parts of, I guess, the implementation of that movement that will really change things as well. And I would like to add to that, um, very true what you say, and not only exercise, but coming from a professional organizer point of view, Mm. preparation, routine and organization are key when it comes to our eating. I really like what you said there, these little little steps forward. And coming from a professional organizing point, um, I really know now that routine and structure and organization and planning ahead is key, key solution to, to our eating patterns. Mm. So if I am hungry and come home and nothing healthy is ready, well, I'm surely going to go and grab the biscuit or the cake or something else. And I I tend to um, advise people, they ask me, especially at the beginning of the journey, and I say, you go back like, remember when you had little children or grandkids and you prepare them the box with all the little dividers in it. That's how what you prepare your day. You take a box with nuts and maybe an egg and some ham and some cheese and some grapes with you. So you have your little bits to snack. And after the surgery, it's not so much about having a big meal. It's all Mm. about those five little snack meals, which if I'm prepared and organized, it's much easier and you set yourself up for success. Yeah, that's a great point. It's that, what do they say? Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Um, I talk about that a lot. And that's also why on our website, we have the raft of different boxes and lunch food carrying options. Um, Lots of thermal bits and pieces for the the cooler months and also the bento boxes and that sort of thing. So we know that you need to take food with you every where you go the other thing is that getting protein when you're out and about is quite tricky so if your goal is to hit your protein needs every day even if you take that component with you yeah um, you're winning because the minute you step out the door that kind of stuff is very hard to get as well absolutely Um, I agree yeah so you were mentioning habits tell me more about how you implement change as far as people 
people's habits go? What's the mm-hmm. trick there? Mm-hmm. I'm all ears. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, it's again, what we all just discussed now is the fir- one of the steps of creating new habits, mm-hmm. the re- repetition, that's what creates habits. Often we, we tend to think, okay, from tomorrow, I'm going on a diet. I'm changing my life. I'm doing everything different. And three days later, like the New Year's resolutions, they yeah. are gone down the drain again. So creating new habits have different components. First of all, realizing that you have a choice every day. Second of all, to implement little tiny steps on an everyday basis, And then sustain them for certain amount. There was a time they said 21 days. Now they say 66 days. Yes. It doesn't matter how long. Just keep doing what you're doing, what works. Find what works for you in little steps. And that's how a new create habit is created. You see, our non-serving old eating habits are often created sometime in the past. Picture yourself, you were maybe stressed or you felt lonely, you felt sad, anxious, anything like that. And you decided at some point, mm, how about I'll eat some cake or some chips? That will make me feel better or you achieve reward is also a big thing of eating and you achieved something and you ate some unhealthy stuff and you subconsciously realize oh after eating that I actually feel much better maybe I'll do that tomorrow again (laughs) and you you do that a few times and that's how your brain created a new habit pathway and then that sticks to you to your brain forever if you don't consciously mm. change it again. This is called neuroplasticity. So it's really a process of being aware why we eat, for example. And that's why I do a lot of work with my clients on awareness of trigger work, triggering what, what is triggering your food intake? Why are you eating? Not so much how much and, and what calories and, and all that, but more so why, what's triggering? And then if we can work on the trigger and change that around through neuroplasticity work, which is really creating new habit pathways in our brain, that's then the change that will create new habits for the long term to create that purposeful lifestyle. That's right. It's the repetition and the creating of those new neural pathways. And I liken that to like when there's water running down a hill and it's finding its different ways down the hill, it'll erode deeply where it runs on a regular basis. Yeah. And yeah. so to change the direction of that water will take a little bit of time, but also the repetition of the water kind of diverging a different way down will carve a new pathway. And that's what generally happens in the brain and can be done. And I think the research into neuroplasticity now is showing more and more just how much our brains can change and adapt. Have we got the right tools? The neural neuro-linguistic program yeah, is that where you go with that yes yes definitely that's where I just wanted to say that's exactly a way of of an approach of which we use with techniques to develop that emotional cognitive and intuitive development in our brain mm. and actually there are techniques out there and I'm so stunned about this in neuro-linguistic programming that immediately change can happen when we work with that subconscious mind and from there then people are so much more prone to to succeed because Mm. they have a total different belief about the topic or themselves that's incredible and I think it is that access to unconscious that we really need and that's where willpower is conscious so it's just really isn't it 
and then unconscious is where it's all at. And they reckon about 90% of our lives are run from yes. unconscious mind. Yes. So, and most of those thoughts and beliefs are kind of constructed before we're about six. Absolutely. <laughs> so quite often there's a toddler running the show. Um, <laughs> it's like an underage driver really, isn't it? Just taking off in a vehicle. It's, not, it's never going to go too well. So that's, yeah, that's your work basically also is accessing that unconscious part of us that it's not then painful change either. It can be almost like switching on a different, you know, light switch and changing things, um, which I like that because, you know, not all therapy has to be dragging up the past and living there for a no. while. I think that's no. powerful too. Especially therapy. as a coach, I am very, very forward focused. I'm very change focused. I, mm. yeah, that's where people, you want people to succeed. You want my clients, I want them to really achieve their goals and which then requires to maybe reset the goals. Sometimes mm. our goals are not set correctly. They don't align with our values and mm. beliefs. And then we were told you need to lose 40 kilos. Well, do you really want that? Do you, Is yes. that really your goal or did just someone tell you you should? Mm. And that's already the wrong language in, in our brain that that will stop us in it because it's not set deep in our hearts that's what I really want again that's that's an example there are many other components to that yeah fascinating thank you so you also talk about purposeful eating tell me a little bit more about that strategy what's involved yes I have learned so much on my own journey and and through my studies um, through the whole diets I took on and tried and failed and what generally the message is in a diet is you are not allowed this you have to restrict this you can't do this you have to and all those words from a realistic <laughs> point of, of you know they not trigger ideal. us no and they trigger us to do even more so what we shouldn't from a purposeful eating perspective I would like to teach and bring the message across especially after surgery where one big component of the the amount of food is is taken care of what is what is healthy for me what does my body good what is giving me more energy what do I like to eat and does that all align with the purpose and the goals I have not so so much really about you're not allowed I see a lot of posts in the Facebook groups about am I allowed can I have a cheat day mm. it's not about a cheat day it's a lifelong lifestyle change and that starts in our mind and belief about what we do and how we behave and what we choose on a daily basis. and so I want to really get that message across especially for our bariatric um, clients it's not about dieting it's not about cheating anymore it's about learning to choose the good for our body for nourishing and listening by the sound of things like listening to your new ideas and values and your hopes and dreams and align that with that inner, yes. Um, yes. construct that will lead you down that path. It sounds amazing. And so a cornerstone in your work is supporting people to retrain their brains so they can build up their self-esteem and know that they can do it. Is there a program that comes with this? Hmm, yes. So at the moment, I am offering a 12-week lifestyle program. Um, that is a 12-week weekly coaching 
group coaching webinars and from there we have a lot of conversation we have a private group facebook group and it's really a little part of it is me teaching but also it's all about connecting with others on the same journey in a safe secure space and it's all about that habits change mindset change purposeful lifestyle this is what i'm running and i i would like to now in the future start a new group every month so if you want to go to my website you find it all there the information and it should start every month if i have um, people signing up that would be fantastic and fantastic i have also another program and i actually wrote a um a journal and it's called keep the weight off and it's really specially designed for us on the journey of um, gastric surgery weight loss um, addressing the topics of when the honeymoon phase is over and and the surgery slows down um, keep the weight off then how do we do that and so this is available um, on amazon keep the weight off well done you amazon (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I have um so and then another program, long term program I have on available for clients is called Keep the Weight Off. Yeah. That is fantastic. In- yeah. We'll include all of that in the show notes so everybody will know where to find you. Yeah, and then yeah. each month basically they can jump on board. This one will be August, September, October, November, as long as you Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. the key is looking at um exploring all avenues and making sure we're well supported. So having those groups and that sort of stuff. And I think a lot of what we do in our groups is just try and keep things top of mind. So overall, if you're a Facebook user or an Instagram user, just who you're choosing to have on your feed and which groups you're a part of is certainly always keeping that growth mindset alive and well and there's always something to learn that sounds absolutely fantastic and I think you've totally changed your own life so there's absolutely no reason why we should you know not jump on board and um, become part of that journey as well and Debbie's also part of our group in BN Bariatric so you'll see posts from her from time to time and um, you're welcome to find her via all of the details in the show notes below so thank you so much for your time today it's um always great to kind of have a look at the other i guess the deeper understanding of what creates change for humans and it's not just weight loss surgery patients overall it's anyone looking to create change but um you've certainly found a niche so thank you i appreciate your time and um, i'm sure we'll be reaching out to you for your support in the future well thank you thank you jackie very much for having me and giving me the opportunity to share it was a pleasure thank you it's always a pleasure thank you have a wonderful day see you soon thanks bye 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 thanks for listening and just before you go we would love to hear your feedback so please give us a rating and review for other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration come and drop into our facebook community at bn bariatric if you've enjoyed our podcast we hope you will share on your facebook or instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode